Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Style Me Tactical. And I'm Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. We are a lifestyle show meant to empower women to live confident, prepared, and self-reliant lives. We talk everything from our favorite beauty products to concealed carry firearms and everything in between. We bring guests on our show with compelling stories that will inspire and encourage you in your journey. Now, you can not only listen to the audio, part of the Concealed Carry Network on your favorite podcast streaming service, but you can also watch our show by going to OpsLens.com or downloading the OpsLens app. This episode is brought to you by StalmyTactical.com, a lifestyle website sharing concealed carry tips, outfits, and preparedness advice, and Alexo Athletica, the first active carry wear line on the market keeping women safe and stylish. Welcome back, guys. We are so happy that you are here, and I want to talk about something. I have a question for you, Amy. What's up? We're going to have to go back a little bit, of course, both, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you recall what it was like when you were in college on campus, what it was like, how you felt? Um, in regard oh. specifically to your safety? Speak for yourself, because it wasn't that long ago for me. Thank you very much. Um, no, I do. I mean, I, I definitely remember, first off, um, I can honestly say that my safety was not always at the forefront of my mind while I was in college. Right. Uh, I went to a fairly safe college, like a lot of us think. I went to Texas A&M. Yeah, exactly. There were all the good old, you know, Christian boys and girls go, and I just thought nothing ever bad Mm -hmm. happened on campus. But I do remember having to go to the library and study, Mm -hmm. doing those late study hours by myself. And then I actually didn't have my car my freshman year, so I would have to walk all the way back across campus uh, to get to my dorm. And a lot of times, I was alone doing mm-hmm. that. You know, my friends did not have the same study schedule right. as I did. So I do remember there were, there were several times thinking, if something were to happen to me out here, like what in the world am I going to do? It actually led me to sign up for a self-defense class. Well, good for you. Of all electives, like not, of all the things I could do, I signed up for a self-defense class. for a self-defense class. Really? But I would say I lived off campus. And the thing is, you get to college, like, Classes are no longer nine to five. Classes are eight at night, um, Mm -hmm. you know, early in the morning. They go all hours of the day and people aren't always on campus all hours of the day. Right. And not everybody that is on campus is supposed to be on campus. campus. Yeah. Right. So sometimes it's dark. It's it's a little, Mm -hmm. it can get sketchy depending where you're at. I know there were a few times like those late nights having to like walk back to your car. Like all, I mean, all that stuff. It's just like, imagine like the mindset we have today. If we would have had that like back oh, then, yeah. how just I think different we would have approached just like going to class. Yeah. But somebody that someone who knows a lot about that and who is a champion and on a mission to change that is our friend Antonia Okafor, who is the CEO and founder of Empowered 2A. Yay. What's up, Antonia? How are you? Hey, ladies. Hey, Antonia. <laughs> Antonia, you're looking great. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm doing great. I'm in Colorado, beautiful Colorado. It's finally not snowing here, so uh, <laughs> well, my you've skin had can breathe. quite <laughs> a few changes recently. Yes, uh, move into Colorado. Uh, did I see a little something in the shiny, background there? Shiny, something shiny. A little something. Sh- oh, oh, there it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A little shiny, so you've got engaged. Uh, when are oh, you getting married? Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Um, I'm getting married in June, of course, June wedding uh, in yeah. Texas, though. So, of course, really hot. 
but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what we're going to do. So, yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. I feel like that's got to be a lot of work doing the back and forth, like living in one state, planning a wedding in another. Just- yes, yes. It is. It's not fun, but <laughs> it's 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 really worth it for our family to be there since, you know, everyone, my, my, my future husband, wow, crazy to say that, <laughs> uh, uh, family is in, in the Houston area, so. Houston and Dallas come together, so it's going to be good. That is awesome. That's <laughs> so awesome. So let's talk about, I want to talk about Empowered to Way and how you, how you got started and why you felt it was important for you to start this organization and what led you to having such a strong um, passion for uh, safety on college campuses. Yeah, so Empowered to A, really, the idea of it came, well, the passion, I would say, first came um, when I was a college student myself, you know, like Amy was saying, not too long ago. <laughs> um, I'm dating. So not too long ago. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was a college student or grad student in 2015. And at that time, actually, you know, President Obama was really putting this big push and study about campus sexual assault in college campuses um, nationwide. And actually, SMU, Southern Methodist University, near where I went to school, um, was number one on that list. And I remember just, yeah. Um, and also the number one, but also they're one of the best schools to um, prevent people from understanding or knowing that that was a problem in their college. And that's a lot of universities. They won't tell you because at the end of the day, they want students to come. They want their parents to send them there. Um, and you're not going to send your child there if you don't think it's safe. Right. So here are all these women coming out, talking about things that were happening on campus. Um, but unfortunately a lot of people would create or make the narrative all about, right, the perpetrator, not really what the young woman could do. And I was really sick and tired of always hearing about what could happen after the fact, not what we could do to prevent things like that from happening. Um, So I actually became a big champion of Campus Carry, which is concealed carry on college campuses um, that is now passed in 2016, been there for a couple years in Texas. Um, but you know, for me, I realized that the reason why I did is because, you know, I'm a sexual assault survivor myself. I wanted to empower the young women who were, um, you know, my peers, my classmates, um, and also even the, the professors on campus to show like, if we're really talking about feminism and we're, we're really in this modern feminist movement, then why aren't we also talking about one of the best ways to empower a woman? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the greatest equalizer, that's mm-hmm. the firearm. And yeah. so that's why I became passionate about Campus Carry and then started my own organization, Empower 2A, a couple of years after that, when I really felt that, you know, the future of gun rights is going to be young women like me. What are you seeing on college campuses? I mean, what are college campuses doing to combat the rise in sexual assault and assaults across college campuses? Yeah, well, that's the heartbreaking thing about it is that they still have the mentality that I was talking about before is that let's talk about, um, you know, what we're going to do to the men, you know, mostly men who are the perpetrators who um, we're going to, you know, for the most part, it's not really until this administration with um, DeVos that, you know, they're like, let's give them due process. But before then it was, you know, you're a man, you're evil, and we're not even going to see if you actually did something wrong. And if you did something wrong, well, 
um, that's what we're going to focus on. But okay, and we should absolutely, if they've done something, um, talk to those men and keep them from being on campus around women. But also we should empower the young women to not get in those situations in the first place. A lot of studies have shown that it's usually, um, unfortunately, people that they might know or acquaintance or at a party or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the the end of the day, that's not the only thing that's happening. We're also seeing those like I remember on campus getting texts where, you know, one person, you know, um, an alert that somebody on my um, in the bathroom just had um, sexually assaulted a woman or near the park near my school. So it wasn't just people like going to parties like they want to, you know, have that narrative and push it. It's it's everyday occurrences in a place that's supposed to be safe, Mm -hmm. even those residences or neighborhoods around them in those school areas supposed to be safe, but they're not um, because unfortunately we're in a broken world and we have broken human beings in them. And so that's a reality. And so what better way to actually talk about this Mm -hmm. than um, say, okay, if you believe in feminism, you believe in empowerment, then why aren't you also saying, well, women, you have a choice to also um, have a firearm. Um, And it's not always having a firearm because for example, in Massachusetts, they don't even allow college students to have pepper spray because they deem deem that as dangerous. It's a dangerous weapon um, in Massachusetts public university. So it's lack of self-defense in general. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I I think it's a bit humorous that the way that these colleges go about it is they'll do things like put the big blue light stands Mm -hmm. up, you know, the emergency calls. Well, guess what? First and foremost, we have to be able to get Get there. Right. (laughs) And a lot of times, I mean, I don't know the last time I tried to race a man, but I'm pretty sure the last time I did, I lost Mm -hmm. very badly. And I can just only imagine, you know, if I don't have on the right shoes, the right clothes. Right. how am I going to make sure that I can even run and get to an area and get to that place? And then you want to hope that that thing is working. working. Right. I can remember oh, so many times time on my not. college campuses that those the, the lights weren't right. working. And then you'd have to search for them. And I didn't even know where they were on college campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it seems to be this mentality that colleges want to give you a, a rape whistle yep. and a blue light. And then send you on your way and say, good, good luck. luck. I hope that, out. yeah, that, hope this that, helps. That's enough. Mm-hmm. That's enough for you to have. And I think exactly what's, what's important is that we've talked about this before. And it's the fact that stories of what's happening in college campuses, they make the news. And even just in general, you know, assault stories, they make the news, but no one is providing the, okay, now, but what can I do to prevent that from happening? And I think that's why, you know, your organization is so important because you're getting out there and you're educating the young women who need to understand Mm -hmm. the reality of this world and that there are things you can do to help better prepare yourself. Because obviously we know the colleges want their money. They're not going to tell you mm-hmm. that, oh, by the way, last year we had X number of rapes or assaults no. and things like that. Well, that's if the assault or the rape actually get, get, even gets right. reported. I mean, yeah. it, we see a lot of times that these women don't even feel comfortable going forward. Mm-hmm. They don't even want to talk about it. So, I mean, truly getting an accurate representation anyways of what's going on sure. is probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I wanted to ask you, I know you're going around doing a lot of speaking mm-hmm. with Empowered. Um, you've done a lot of stuff with Turning Point USA as well. Um, so we had an interesting conversation uh, oh, with uh, one of the ambassadors for uh, Empowered, Sydney. Sydney yeah. uh, you know, we went and talked with her sorority uh, a couple of weeks ago. And <laughs> are you seeing mm-hmm. this mentality of women not even recognizing that they even have a need to defend and protect themselves when you go and speak to these college campuses? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why I was going to say, I mean, this, this topic, this issue is really not a right or left issue. It's, you know, it's an issue that's bipartisan and everyone can get behind if they see it in the right light. And the right light is that you have, um, a God, you know, God given right to self-defense and you, um, as an empowered individual should be able to use that right to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and those that you care about, I think there's a lot of women So we used to see, we usually see is you'll, you'll hear about the mama bear or whatever, right? right. It always at that situation where the woman is a mother and she's protecting mm-hmm. someone else. Well, that's when almost like something clicks and they said that they have permission now to protect themselves or they have permission to take care of someone they care about. But yeah, we're trying to, to say yeah. <laughs> exactly permission to be violent. And I know there are going to be people who are against that. I've had, I remember this young woman in Georgetown when I spoke there coming up to me in tears, just up so enraged and upset with me, just saying, how dare you try to use or promote uh, violence for violence, wow. right? Um, I know. And and you know what? It's not only those people who are completely anti-gun or even anti-self-defense because there are pacifists, right? That's the thing. There are people who don't want to use any type of um, means of defending themselves. But um, there are also, unfortunately, a lot of people who you would think that demographic who, you know, Mm -hmm. their their dad went hunting with them or, you know, they went hunting um, when they were younger or they grew up around firearms who maybe they think that it's okay for someone else to have um, their Second Amendment right, but they themselves... I've had so talked to so many young women who've told me, you know, if I got in a situation, I would be afraid to hurt them. I'd rather get hurt myself than hurt somebody else. What do you say to them? Yeah. Like, what do you How do? How can you not want to <laughs> shake them? I know. At that point, what do you yeah. do? Yeah. Well, I think and I think that's it. The sympathy aspect of that, right? Of remembering, okay, obviously this is a really horrible way of thinking, and it's right. literally going to get people killed, and right. it has. It does get women young women every day killed. Um, Mm -hmm. And we see that in the news. Unfortunately, we don't see it enough. Um, It's never national news. Um, And you know, Amy, and you've, the last one we just saw before where, you know, a stalker like killing her, his um, ex-girlfriend or whatever like that. That's happening all the time and near you. Um, No one wants to perpetuate that narrative because then it's showing for one, if they're killed, then it's showing, oh my goodness, there is a problem and they do need some type of means because what's happening right now is not working. Mm-hmm. But two, if it is a situation where we, I think that viral video of that young woman walking on the street and this man comes out of um, nowhere out of a car, I believe, and like comes out and like starts attacking or trying to attack her and she comes out with her firearm yeah. and shoots him yeah. um, right off the bat. And it's so funny. I've had people like, how did she like have that draw? Like, how did she like uh, draw the the practice. gun so quickly? <laughs> like, pr- yeah, practice. It's training. It's all like, it's all training. Kind of yeah. yeah. Big gosh, yeah, so we have a good trainer that right. discouraged her from off body mm-hmm. carry and had somebody yeah. that really hit home and drove home the importance of on body carry, and we understand it's a journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I started yeah. out um, off body carrying because, I, I mean, I as much as I knew about firearms, I still, for some reason, thought on my body they were just going to go off by themselves. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. and so I understand the fear. I understand the process mm-hmm. that so many women think about. You know, mm-hmm. and and getting over that, and all that took for me was just. A little bit more education, yeah. a little bit more training, right. a little bit more effort on my part, getting to the range, uh, actually learning how the mechanism of action works within a firearm um, I mean, on the different platforms. That, I think that is, that is such a key for so many women is once they actually get their hands on the firearm and like learn a little bit, yeah. 
And oh, like, yeah. oh, you're like, okay, this isn't as bad as okay. everyone is making it out to be. Right. And you know, those the reality is the 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 schools, the media, like they're not they don't want to shed light on those stories that we see. No. Because then it goes back to then you have to face the fact that, oh, there this could, is the reality I live in. I have to think about this. And personal and, responsibility. Right. I mean, we've seen such a lack of personal responsibility these days, really in, in every right. area of life. And, you know, if you can, if people can blame it on somebody else or say it's somebody else and not take their own personal mm-hmm. responsibility for it, then it's so much easier to pass off that blame. Exactly. You know, Absolutely. but Antonia, we know uh, that you have not always been into firearms. So what was it? For you that moved you from basically being an anti-gunner right. to now choosing to carry your firearm with you pretty much everywhere you go. How does someone get from there to there? <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say, and that's basically my journey is that, you know, I didn't even I didn't even hold a firearm until uh, 25, so just a few years ago. And that was a full year after I was actually advocating for the right um for concealed carry on campus mm-hmm. because I am a human being and I was scared. You know, I had never grown up with fires, never, you know, really seen one in person. Again, I, like you said before, I was, um, you know, I was in the party platform that was very anti-gun and, and didn't think that people should be trusted with firearms in general. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of went along with that narrative. I didn't think that I, I should be trusted. And I yeah. was also fearful. So um, when I turned 25, I had this, you know, guy around I actually had a cyber stalker at the time when because I was uh, an activist in, in the public eye and he was um you know he had a charge against him beforehand where he did um uh, assault a young woman on a college campus before and so this guy in the community was just like I'm gonna protect you I'm gonna teach you and that was the first time I ever shot a, a gun or a firearm and wow. I just remember that feeling of wow like literally this tool Mm-hmm. I know myself. I know I'm a law-abiding person. I know that, you know, I can be trusted with this tool. This tool right. um, can protect my life and I know how to use it. I mean, it's empower- education is always empowerment, right? right? But also the fact that now you have this skill that could save yourself if you really need it. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing feeling. And uh, since then, I have just wanted to spread that feeling to other young women who've been yeah. fearful of it. Are you getting a lot of pushback that you're trying to attach the word empowerment? firearms oh yeah to say (laughs) feminism to say feminist and to say um you know empowerment or even or to say anything that has to do with this quote-unquote uh narrative or word that's only for you know the liberal progressive people um and i say that because they've actually been new york times articles saying that conservatives or rather anyone who's not um leftist can't be a feminist and i've been very passionate about reclaiming that term um, that, you know, first wave feminists were Susan B. Anthony, uh-huh. um, people like that who are actually very pro-life. We have right. Susan B. Anthony list for a reason, mm-hmm. um, woman suffragists. So those things are synonymous. They go together and I'm trying to reclaim that word again for women to show that, you know what, um, I am a feminist because of what it originally stands for, not what we see right now, which is a mostly this man-hating, um, very pro-radical leftist agenda, woman's march, you know, mm-hmm. type of um, thing that we're seeing, whereas it's even in anti-Semitic and even in certain areas as well. Um, a lot of people don't feel like they're a part of this movement. And that's so sad because really fem- feminism is for every woman, it's for right. everyone every background, um, every race. We all 
talk about gun rights or women's right. rights because, I mean, what if we actually, when we break feminism down to its ba basic roots, it's just equality. Mm -hmm. And, exactly. you know, for those of us who do believe that the firearm is the greatest equalizer out there when it comes to your defense, when it comes to your self-protection, I mean, what else do you have? Right. To, to truly level the playing field, if your life is being threatened than the firearm, there is really nothing better. So it has kind of always blown my mind of why mm -hmm. you've, you've got people that want to, you know, tout feminism and empowerment right. over here, but, but they take limit out it, right for for, yeah. for everyone else. Exactly. You know, and it's also sad, too, to me that the Second Amendment has become such a polarized political issue because it's really not a political issue. Mm -hmm. The well, Constitution is not a political right. issue. You know, the, the Second Amendment is for all of us. It covers you if you vote a Democrat. It covers you if you vote Republican. It covers you if you don't vote at all. Right. You know, if you're a law-abiding citizen, that is what gives you the right to defend and protect yourself. And we say this all the time mm -hmm. and keep all of your other rights. You know, so it is crazy to me that it has become such a politicized issue when at its very core it is set up to protect protect us all of us mm -hmm. and become know? a racial issue too and they want yeah. it to be that way but you know i always I, I harp on this you know reality that the fact is is that black women are actually the fastest you know group of demographic group of gun owners new gun owners in america and you know for the most part over 90 percent of them voted in the last midterm democrat democratic mm -hmm. So it's obviously has nothing to do with what party that um you associate with right. it's mm -hmm. women realizing that they are independent and they have to take safety into their own hands. Mm -hmm. And literally that's how they're doing so. So it, it goes beyond race. It goes beyond gender. And that's the beautiful thing about that. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I know with empowered to way that you've been speaking at college campuses. I know that also you are doing chapters at some of the colleges. Yeah. What do, so how many chapters is empowered to, or how many colleges is um, empowered to way in? And what are the what are you hoping and what do you do with the chapters? I know like you've recently been announcing on social media through Empowered Two A that you've got you know announcing new chapters and new girls that are heading those chapters, and I think it's great to bring that and get girls on the camp campus involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited. Where um, someone was like, "Oh, so you have like seven new chapter, you know." Our leaders or something like that. And I was like, actually, we actually have 35. We're just slowly <laughs> rolling them out. Um, so it's so exciting um, to be able to share, you know, and if you just look at the group of girls, you know, they, they span every type of background, every race. Um, you know, it's really, it's really what someone was saying, you know, I, I kind of don't like it when, you know, people just make it, you know, diversity, the center point, and they don't talk about the issue. Well, the great thing about being a gun owner is that, you know, you know, Amy, you know, Emily, you go mm -hmm. to the gun range and you see how diverse, I mean, it's everybody at, at the gun range, right? And that's really what, um, that's really the picture of gun ownership. It's, it's for every race, yeah. for every background. And we're just, we're just showing that for young women because, you know, the left, the anti-gun side really want to hold on to this narrative that young women are especially mm -hmm. against the second right. amendment. And I'm here to have empower be, you know, sure. a vehicle where these young women can be like, Nope, I'm the face of gun rights. And yeah, I'm just as empowered and I'm, I believe this is important to me. And so you're going to see it. And I can't wait for these young well, women to be. Explain to everybody, you know, there's three main pillars with what empowered is trying to do on college campuses. Explain to the audience exactly what it is that you're trying to accomplish uh, by setting up these empowered chapters across the country. Absolutely. Our three pillars are educate, train and advocate, um, educate. We were talking about before 
such a powerful thing to start out with. There's so many women, like when you were talking to that sorority group who just do not understand the fact that they need yeah. um, this right for self-defense. You're not in a safe little bubble just because you're paying 40,000 a year at a college campus. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's still the real world. Um, and then, um, the fact that also, like I said, with Massachusetts, people just think it's a, a gun issue. It's not just a gun issue. It's the fact that these schools do not want you to, um, to empower yourself in the, the self-defense realm. Um, and then we also have training, training because I wanted a group of girls to be able to regularly meet, to have a community where there are other young women like them going out and training, going to the gun range, going, um, you know, getting the education that they need and training that they need. And then the last thing is, um, uh, advocate advocacy. Mm -hmm. We want these women, um, and we're going to be rolling out our 501c4 as well, um, where these women are going to be going out and lobbying in their state legislator. We had yeah. our Texas representative, Elise, who actually went to the Texas, um, they're in session right now in Texas, and um, oh, they were yeah. trying to pass an, yeah, a repeal campus carry bill, and she went and testified. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we want. We want all these girls to be either be pushing campus carry mm -hmm. or, you know, pushing some type of of a bill that's going to be integral to their self defense on and off campus, um, sure. and being the face of that. Well, if somebody feels compelled um, to get involved with Empowered or to donate, you guys are a 501c3, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. We are that's a 501 cool. So where can people go to find out more information about Empowered 2A? And if they feel led to give, where can they go to do that? Yeah, so you guys um, who are feel compelled to give or just to follow us, you can, um, of course, social media or young women, of, of <laughs> course. So uh, we have um, Instagram, which is empowered underscore 2A, and then also Twitter, which is the same address um, handle. And then we also have um, our website, empowered2a.org. Fantastic. Well, outside of that, you know, you yourself are on this very exciting journey with all that you have going on. So where can people follow you personally? Thank you, Amy. Um, yeah, so I, um, you guys can definitely follow me at AntoniaOkafor.com. Um, so that's my website. And then, of course, I am always on the, the social uh, media sphere, um, especially Twitter. Sometimes getting a little too much trouble with that one. Um, <laughs> Antonia underscore Okafor. So that's Twitter and Instagram. And then I'm also on Facebook, of course. But um, but AOC just deleted her Facebook. So I might have to follow Sue. I don't know. We'll uh see. <laughs> wow. Out, so. yeah, well, well yeah, I'm there. <laughs> well, we thank you so thank much you for taking so time for to come on. Show. Yes, and talking to us about this very important mission mm -hmm. that you are accomplishing across the country. We're proud of you. Uh, we love supporting you. Yes. And, you know, everybody go and give her a follow. We're going to put links to her page and to Empowered 2A mm -hmm. here at the end of this show. But, Antonia, you're welcome thank on the you. show anytime. Thank you so much. Ladies, love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. And if you like what you saw today, we have more episodes coming yes. up again. Same place right here on Obslens Media. We appreciate all of your support, you following along, yes, tagging, so sharing this with the women that need to hear these stories. We know a lot of times in the mainstream media, we don't hear these right. true stories of um, what empowerment looks like through the lens of the Second Amendment right. and through the lens of just truly being able to take care of yourself. And, so and we want to bring that. We want to bring that yes. here. And hopefully you guys love it and share it. Yes, please. Please do that. Um, and thank you, Opslins Media, for giving us the opportunity to bring all of these stories to you. We will see you guys next week. 
Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.